It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adam Hunter here, bringing you a brand new MMA Roasted podcast on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N. Endorse me, rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter. Tell everyone how much you like it. we got a great show. We have uh, Sadiq Youssef coming off a huge win in the UFC. We also have Leslie Smith. How cool is that? Just got a big win in Bellator. She's an ambassador. She's an awesome chick. Love her. And brutal Johnny Bedford, who is 4-0 in bare-knuckle boxing. It's going to be a great show. I want to thank our sponsor, Speedweed. Listen, marijuana is legal in California, so don't leave your house to get it. They will deliver it right to you at Speedweed.com. Check them out at Speedweed. Speedweed.com. They have the best marijuana, edibles, THC sex lube, candy, chocolate, you name it, they have it. They have marijuana beer, marijuana. Just They're, they're awesome. So check them out at speedweed.com. Follow them. Mention Roasted. You get $10 off, $100 or more. Can't thank you guys enough. All right, let's talk to Sadiq Youssef. Sadiq Youssef, how's it going? Oh, how are you feeling, champ? Good. Me. How are you feeling? You got another huge win in the UFC on Saturday. Yeah, hey, can't complain, man. It's the hard work pays off. That was awesome. Did you get any bonus for that for, for that knockout? Man, <laughs> I got close, man. Like honestly, we were so close. It was all the way to the last fight. If if DC had gone for a takedown, I'll I'll have fifty more K in my pocket right now. Oh, uh, you gotta you gotta call out DC for like robbing <laughs> you. <laughs> it, it's all good, man. They gave it they gave it to um Stipe and Karma Worthy. They 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 deserve it. I can't lie. No, I, I was beating. I want <laughs> I wanted I wanted to get it, but I I can't lie. The Karma guy was like a big underdog. And Stipe, you know, he's – well, actually, Stipe don't deserve it because he got money. So, you know, yeah, they, bullshit, they, they, they could give it to me. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Now, I thought that you were going to, after the fight, thank your moms and your siblings, but we would have been there till like, next Wednesday. So I'm kind of happy that you didn't. Uh, <laughs> but it would have been – Name them off one by one? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, that w- that would have been awesome. By the way, you see that picture of me and Michael Blacks that I posted? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw, I saw. That's hilarious. <laughs> People thought that was you. They were like, "That kind of doesn't look like him." <laughs> yeah, that's because half of America is racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other half is just like ignorant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, congrats, man. Now, uh, Rogan said you were hurt in that fight. Were you hurt at all? Uh, I hurt. I hurt my knee. Like um on one one of those kicks, I think I gotta see what's going on. I'm getting an MRI tomorrow. That's the only thing that really hit, um that really hurt me. The um the punch that staggered me, it wasn't much. It wasn't really that bad. It was he, he shut my eye. I couldn't really see out of my right eye with the first two crosses that he landed. So when the third one hit, that it kind of knocked me over. But it wasn't that bad. Like I was I was fully aware of everything. Okay. I just had to get my vision back. So they were okay. So because I was like, they were like, he said, I'm like, I don't think he's that hurt. Yeah, uh, no, no. It was just, it was just a vision thing. I just had to get my vision back. And once, once my eye cleared up, it was all good. Oh, good, good. I was so happy for you, man. Now you are such a nice guy. Everyone who, who knows you loves you. You hang out with James Vick, which is like his Make a Wish Foundation. 
Um, so it's really nice that you take care of that guy because no one, nobody likes that guy. He's a little weird. So, um, it's really, really good what you're doing, man. Are, are you, are you, now, are you going to start calling people out? Uh, not yet, man. I said, uh, honestly, I, I'm not going to start calling people out until I see a, a, a title shot realistically. Like the only call out I want to do is like something that's going to help me get to a belt. You know, I don't have any personal vendetta against anybody in the weight class and I'm probably not going to waste any energy on trying to make something up. And that, that one fight that you that you did lose, that was weird. What what happened? The guy did some kind of weird, like, flying squirrel move on you? Yeah. What, what that, was that? that? That was on me, man, because I think in, in that fight, I, that's why I started um, saying the mantra to lock in, lock in, lock in, which to me just means to focus on what I'm supposed to be doing. And that fight, my coach, that was the only – rule my coach gave me was to be aware of when I get in the clinch because the dude had two throws like that before. And he was like, Hey, in the clinch, you have to do a, B and C. And I got so into the zone. If you watch the full fight, I was kind of dominating that. I kind of just started like, just, I started bullshitting, you know? So we got yeah. in the clinch and I, I did like do my Japanese job. Arm throw, which exactly. It's a, he went for a Hail Mary and he hit it. You know, you got to tip your hat off to him as respect. But you know what? You listen, man. The losing like that is such a. I mean, it's it's a loss, but at the same time, it's a wake up call, and you didn't get and you didn't get hurt. You know, it's one of those things where like you didn't get dominated for three rounds, you got the shit pounded out of you. It was just yeah. like okay, it's like losing by like a flying triangle or something. You're like, I, I gotta be aware exactly. of exactly, exactly. And um, when I when I took that loss, it just made me focus more on the mental part of the game. Because like you said, it wasn't like anything dominant. It was it was just a mental lapse. So that I started focusing more on um like talking to myself during the fight and just little tricks that I could do to make sure I'm always on point. Well, listen, I am so proud of you, man. Like you you look you look so good in that fight. You won in the first round. You beaten everybody. I remember on uh and you're always the underdog. Like on the on the contender, you underdog. I think you're underdog in this one. When are people going to start waking up and being like, no, no, this, this is the first time I wasn't. I think, I think oh. they, um, yeah, this is the first time I wasn't the underdog. The only, um, I, it, it just looked like I was underdog because we was in California. You know, I'm fighting a Mexican in California. It's not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to get a lot of love over there. So, but, but, um, the odds, the odds people actually had it right this time. I don't, I, I doubt they're going to keep putting me as an underdog anymore. You know, like I was surprised that I wasn't a favorite against Shane. Well, it's also the experience pay, pays a part in, in it too, you know? So I guess if, if you don't know, you don't know. So I, if me coming in as a fresh faced guy, I, I could get them picking somebody else over me just because they've been in the UFC longer. Now, did you get to mass on Saturday night after you won? <laughs> Not Saturday, but when I, uh, <laughs> nah, no, I didn't. <laughs> What, what? How can we not get? Oh, come on, man! You're 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 the one of the best in the world. You're a UFC star. You're not getting any push. What's going on? <laughs> I I got my girl back home. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying. You're trying to get. get did she hook you up when you, get, when you came home? Did she did she give you uh, something? Yeah, she took care of me. Oh, good, good, good. Well, listen, <laughs> Sadiq, I'm so proud of you. I'm gonna have you back on the podcast soon. You are the best. Thank you. And keep up the great work, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm always in your corner. I love you, man. Talk to you soon. Let's talk to my girl, Leslie Smith. See what she's up to. She's always up to something. I love that girl. She's a fighter, comedian, union organizer, hottie. She's a badass. All around badass. I think she's single, too. So let's talk to Leslie Smith. Hello. How's it going? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. 
Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I haven't, haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been a minute. How you been? I've been good. I've been um, being a dad and uh, traveling the world, making people laugh, um, trying to be funny, uh, writing new stuff, getting my... Uh, Wait, what was, the, what was the thing before the writing? Being a dad and traveling, and what was the next one? Writing new jokes and trying to ed- edit this pilot, pin, and just, just working, working, working. How are you? That's awesome. I'm doing well. I'm just training. Uh, where? What? Where are you training at? I'm at El Nino Training Center. Up in San Francisco at Gilbert's gym. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. You look you look great in your last fight. Were you happy with your performance? Yeah, I was. It um it was fun. I just remember getting so excited at the very beginning when I was like, Oh, it's not hurting me, like I can still take it. Uh, like I don't believe in ring rest, but still, um, you know, one gets a little bit worried. I guess I don't yeah, know. Well, I was happy. I mean, you look great, and uh, obviously, all your fights are like just nonstop, fucking rock 'em sock 'em robots. Hit you, see if you can hit me. I'll hit you harder. Was that the game plan? The, uh, I mean, I think that ideally. Man, the ideal MMA game plan, I think, would be to tag someone up and put them against the cage and take them down and then fuck them up and then finish them off on the ground. I feel like that's, for anybody, the ideal game plan. But I got excited about punching her. So a couple times we were up against the cage, and I was like, I should go for a takedown. And I was like, "Mm, I think I'm doing good, though. (laughs) I'm enjoying this, and I think I'm doing well. So I kind of just kept going with the striking. Well, it was awesome. I mean, I, I never know where you are. I never know if you're, like, protesting some kind of rock, like, oil build, like, Indian Reservation, or if you're doing stand-up comedy, or if you're, like, in a play, or if you're teaching, or you're living in Vegas, or if you have a boyfriend, or if you don't have a boyfriend, or if, 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 if he's Asian. I, I, I never know what's going on with you. <laughs> well, the last protest that I went to was um, for the Never Again protest, and it was, they were trying to shut down Nancy Pelosi's building against the, um, the concentration camps. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. So you were, you were like the, the, the Mexicans that they were putting in the cages and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when, when, so when were you there? Uh, gosh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Well, oh, you know God. what? It was, it was like a week before I was going to fight because, uh, some people were guarding the door. They've been doing these protests all over the place and shutting down buildings. Somebody got run over. One of the prison guards ran over somebody. I think it was in maybe New Jersey at one of the ICE detention centers and, um, like, broke broke the leg of the person that he ran over. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, nobody got run over at the one that I was at, but people were standing in front of the door, and they were ready to get arrested. But then someone just came out of the door, and everyone was like, oh, hey, don't let that happen. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, they need some help. So I went and sit in front of the door too, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, dude, I can't get arrested right now. No. And then, because no. I, it was a week before my fight. And then somebody, uh, some of the volunteers came over and they were like, all right, you guys are on the front line because we were in front of the door. They were like, you guys, who, is, who, who here has been arrested before? 
<laughs> and they were like, we can take your cell phone because you don't want to have your cell phone with you when you get arrested. And let's write the phone number. They went down with a Sharpie and they were writing the phone number for who to call to get bailed out um, on everyone's forearm. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I was like, mm, I feel like a lame-o, but um, <laughs> damn it. And so I had to walk away because I couldn't, couldn't get arrested a week before my face. Other than no, that, it was cool. I mean, but how are you cutting weight if you're protesting, uh, you know, concentration camps? <laughs> um, well, that's the cool thing about fighting at 145 for me right now is that, like, every uh-huh. meal is a cheat meal. I'm eating as much as I can. But you know what's crazy cool is that for the first time I'm putting on muscle. Like, wow. this whole time I've been fighting and training and stuff like that. And I've always been worried about staying at 135. So I've always, I don't think I've eaten enough to put on muscle. I don't know. That's, that's my new theory. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm feeling a little bit stronger than usual right now. And I never know where you live. Do you actually have a house or you just have like a backpack? Uh, <laughs> well, right now I'm living in my aunt's house in Oakland. But I'm working on getting an RV set up so I can just be like a total RV gypsy and oh just drive God. all over the place. You are like my dream girl right here. <laughs> I wasn't married. I was, I was that's great. <laughs> now, so you and the Asian dude, it's, it's over. It's, it's really over. Because you guys were getting back together, then you weren't, and you're getting back together. I know, forever. It's over now, though. It's over now. What was the last time you slept with him? Like yesterday or two days ago? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to couples therapy. We're still oh. we're 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 gonna be friends. I don't know. Uh, you don't put a couples therapy with your friend. It's like for couples. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in the name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. So you guys are trying to work it out. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Um, now, were you with Nate Diaz at all for his training camp? No, no, I didn't get to go be part of any of those training sessions. But man, that fight was freaking amazing. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought that uh, in the very first couple of minutes, I was like, "Oh man, Nate looks a little off, a little rusty." Then he got that takedown, and I was like, "Then it was a whole different fight." Yeah. A whole different fight. Um, then he, I don't know if it was a confidence builder or that was the plan or what, but he looked amazing. Yeah, he did. It was cool to see all the different stuff too, all the clinch work and the elbows and the knees, especially the knees. It was yeah. cool. Mixed it. It was fun. Oh, and then the other fight was good too. The one right after it, the body shots. That oh was my God. to watch. That was unbelievable. I was happy for Steve because I feel like he was getting overlooked by everybody. It's like he just he yeah. lost the game for me, and everyone just forgot about him, and they were dismissing him. And I, I just hate, you know, they were talking about Brock Lesnar. I just, and the guy's a good dude. I mean, I like Cormier too. He's obviously, obviously, also a good dude. But I was happy for Stipe because I don't know. I hate when guys just get looked over. So yeah. So it was pretty cool. So do you have a opponent? Are, are you fighting Julia Budd next for the title? What's going on? Oh man, I hope so. She has been so cool about mentioning my name when uh, when she's been doing, I don't know if it's just one interview or, no, I think it's got to be at least two because I heard one that she did with um, Kajan Johnson uh, on that podcast. And then there's another one right after her fight where she said that she was down to fight me, which was really That's exciting. 
Yeah, man, I super, I, that's totally the goal, and I super appreciate it. And I think that we'd put on a great fight. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. Now, as far as you think Cyborg's going to go to Bellator? Dude, totally. It's the best 145-pound division in the world. It's definitely the biggest. It's got the highest level. I mean, if there's a woman who wants to fight and she fights at 145 pounds, then it's only logical that Bellator would be the place to go. And, of course, Bellator has to want Cyborg. Man, she's freaking, like, that would be the... That would be the goal, I would think, for any promotion that's going to have a 145-pound division is to just have her as part of it, to have that much variety, to have the largest, and to have Chris as part of it. Man, that would be cool. She's a, She'd be a great addition. And then it's freaking wonderful for me because I'm right there in the mix. So, uh, you know, it makes a, a, a rematch with her seem a lot closer than it ever has before. So I totally That would be awesome. Now, if you you remaster, would you be a little, like, don't go punch for punch this time and be a little bit more, like, kind of try to wear her out in, like, the fourth, fifth round? Uh, Yeah, I would definitely be smarter. (laughs) That's a nice way of saying, would you be dumb again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You know, I mean, I'm not a fighter. You're in there. I'm not in there. I mean, you're obviously smarter than I would be. uh, So... I thought it was like you know, it, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was actually a really good learning experience for me. Up until that point, I'd always figured that I'd never really gotten stung before. I'd never been dropped in a fight before. So I never really focused on my defense. I just didn't really care about it because I was like, I can take it. It's not going to be comfortable, but I can handle it, and I'll just keep going forward. was totally my mentality. But after that, I was like, oh. <laughs> Some people, uh, sorry about that. Okay, are you like wanted by the police right now? Is that is something? Uh, we're on the streets of San Francisco. I'm in front of El Nino Training Center, and that was a fire truck that was driving by. And your training is so hot, you're on fire. They have to cool you down. They have to call yep. the fire department. Now, um, now I still think you're ahead of your time. You you had all the right motives starting a union. You came close. Uh, you, you got further than anyone else did in the history of union starting in the UFC. Um, is what's going on with that? Well, so I still think that it's a wonderful idea, and I'm definitely willing to be supportive of anybody who wants to do that in the UFC. But I am I'm not in the UFC anymore, so I couldn't even vote for it. And there's a big difference between, there's a, there's quite a few big differences between the UFC and Bellator. And um, I don't think that it's the same situation in Bellator. Like, without the uniforms, that's a major hallmark of being an employee. And the constant supervision of USADA, that they have to have their whereabouts with USADA 24-7. And, um, and they can't get contracts anywhere else in the UFC. But in Bellator... You don't have to wear a uniform. You don't have that constant supervision. And most significantly, as far as being an independent contractor, one of the hallmarks of it is being able to get contracts someplace else. Um, and that's something that Bellator allows. They uh, they do cross-promotional fights, and they, they let people fight outside of the promotion. My teammate, Carrie Melendez, she fought in glory 
as um, as a Bellator fighter. And so I think that that's a big difference. And so um, I'm learning about all this stuff. I'm taking classes right now. I'm in a labor and employee relations program at Rutgers. And um, the sports labor class was amazing. I had so much fun in that class. I was the biggest dork ever. I was, like, reading all the extra credit papers and, like, (laughs) making all the extra comments to the teacher. It's an online class. Um, it. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still, it'd still be a good idea, but I'm not even in the UFC, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, Makes I'm just sense. focusing on me and learning and getting better. Maybe uh, maybe I'll get to finish this school and then go to law school <laughs> and uh, and have a little bit more to say about it in the future. But for right now, I think I kind of think I kind of did everything I could do. Well, anything you say you can do, I believe it. There's really, if you were like, I'm going to Mars tomorrow, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to Mars tomorrow. There's really nothing like that you said, like you're like, I'm fighting cyborg. Okay, I'm doing stand-up comedy. Sure, okay. Like anything you do, you you end up doing it. So I I believe you. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, I'm at I'm at a comedy club next week in Sacramento. If you want to do a set, want to do a spot. That's exciting. I just saw that earlier today on the, your Instagram or your Twitter or something. Have you been doing any comedy at all? No, I haven't been. Um, I was, like, totally depressed in the months after getting cut from the UFC and was like, no, I'll never be funny again. And then I just never – I just uh, – I really should. I miss it. It's, That's the time it's, to be funny. When you're depressed, it's the best, it's the best time to make jokes. It's the opposite. <laughs> Now, do you think that you talking about not blowing your boyfriend is what led to you guys breaking up? Uh, no. No, I don't. And maybe that's part of the problem, too, is that most of the jokes that I think of have a whole lot to do with him. And I'm like, no, jerky. Yeah, well, all I know is the day you guys broke up, like, like normally you wear, like, Birkenstocks and, like, like, I don't know, like you just came from a Grateful Dead concert. You wore this, like, tight dress. It was, like, see-through. I was, like, everyone was, like, damn. And you're, like, yeah, I'm single. And I'm, like, okay, all right. Now I see what's going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, transparency. I, was, oh, my God. You had, like, like fuck me heels. And, like, you're, like, I'm not wearing underwear, Adam. I'm, like, listen, this is, I don't have to know this, but that's cool. It was a, you know, a whole different, whole different Leslie Smith when you're single. So I'm sure the fans <laughs> like that. But, uh, <laughs> That could be part of the problem, too. Anyway, listen, Leslie Smith, it was an honor to talk to you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you next week. Uh, let me know if you want to do stand-up. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Thank you. You're the best. I'm Thank looking you. forward to it. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Get on that. You want a hottie who can fight with a caravan? That's your girl right there. All right? Let's talk to my man, another uh, tough guy, ultimate fighter, veteran, Bellator veteran. Now 4-0 in bare-knuckle boxing. 4-0 undefeated. Brutal Johnny Bedford. Let's see what he's up to. All right, I'm talking to the brutal Johnny Bedford, undefeated bare-knuckle boxing champion. How are you, man? I am well. I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Now, are you a champion in bare-knuckle boxing? Have you gotten a belt yet? I am. I am actually. I I am the only guy right now with two belts. Uh, I am the bare-knuckle promotions world champion and uh i won a police gazette 
uh, bare knuckle American Championship, something that hasn't won in 130 some years. So I got to, uh, the night I won one belt, I won two in the same night. So it was a pretty cool. Uh, it was a pretty cool moment. That is awesome, man. That is, and and you just been like, you've been running through people, which is crazy because I, you know, as a wrestler, you were an amazing wrestler. Uh, you were a college wrestler. You were, a, you know, a high school phenom, four-time state place winner. I had no idea like your bare hands were so brutal. Yeah, uh, bare knuckle boxing kind of came at like a really interesting time in my life and my career when it came on and and I got the opportunity. I mean, this story may get a little long, but I mean, Dave Feldman, the the owner of Bare Knuckle, picked me up in Denver, Colorado uh, and shuttled me from Denver to Cheyenne, Wyoming for the first event. I told that man that day that, look, uh, I'm going to be the face of your promotion. And, you know, that that, that, that event happened. I kind of stole the show and another guy just to kind of catch Ever up to speed how this is all worked out. It's me and another guy from Virginia kind of that night. Oh, this, even though they started an eight man and uh, they, it was a uh, right after the event to were next, the eight man tournament at one thirty five and bare knuckle three started a tournament, bare knuckle five was the semis and bare knuckle six was then the finals. Um bare knuckle six obviously being the, the the pretty big televised one was Paulie and uh Artem Lobov was the main car or the, the main event. Uh, Reggie and I for the two belts was the feature fight that night. So it was it was, it was obviously it's, it's been going well for me. Um, I've said it all along. I'm kind of made for this sport. Toughness really matters in this sport, and uh, I just think I'm tougher than most people. I think you're right. Now, do you like it better than MMA? I do. I like it a lot better than MMA, and that that, that question probably deserves more of a response as to why. One, I think I'm tailor-made for it. I think that, you know, I grew up rough, and which is crazy to say that because I had great parents. I had people that had parents that sacrificed everything for me to have success in wrestling. I just chose to be an asshole, for, for lack of a better term. You know, I turned into an adult. I, I, I lost a college scholarship at Cleveland State. Um, I found fist fighting, and I really liked it. I liked going to bars and finding the biggest, toughest dude and showing him that he wasn't, that I was. And let me beat on my chest tonight. And the next night it was the next thing. And I was, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, if I didn't have a about to be 13 year old kid, I don't know where my life would have turned out because that, that, that moment is what made me grow up. And that's how, I mean, kind of, again, going all over the place here, but do I like it better than, than MMA? Yes, I like it. Um, one, I think I'm a little more tailor-made for it, even though being a college wrestler, black belt, and jiu-jitsu, I think I'm kind of made for this kind of tough, gritty sport. Um, but the truth be told is I'm 36, man. I got two kids. I'm running a pretty successful MMA gym and a business that uh, I'm not too old for MMA. I'm too old for MMA training camps. That's what I keep telling people. I mean, the training camps are grueling. having to wrestle and grapple every freaking day. Bare knuckle, man, I get to do my world work. I get to work on boxing. I get to spar once, twice a week, and I get to fight five two-minute rounds. We get to kind of stand in the middle, find out who's tougher, and go home and click a paycheck. Uh, it's a lot easier for a 36-year-old to get ready, I'll say that. Now, do you spar with gloves or without gloves? With gloves. You can't. You can't spar bare knuckle just because of, everyone sees it right. You just get cut up, and that's the... That's the hard thing for people to follow right now is the blood, I guess, and the, the naysayers. But I don't know if you were going to go this way or not, but I, I'll take the lead. Um, 
it's safer. It's way safer than MMA. It's way safer than boxing because you can't get hit as hard. It looks way worse. There's a lot more blood. There's a lot more cuts, um, stitches, but it's way safer because you don't have guys throwing just shots, just trying to get lucky and knock people out. Because when you're trying to get lucky and throw these big over-the-top shots, you're hitting people in the head, and it completely changes the fight. You don't want to hit somebody without a – it's not even the glove. It's the wrap underneath the glove, right? People in the, in the know understand that a roll of gauze and tape backstage does a whole lot to somebody. You know, these young kids that I got fighting for me now, they'll go punch a brick wall after I wrap their hands. And then I'm going to put them in a four-ounce glove and say, go kill this dude. Okay, okay. If I took that glove off, he would never go punch a brick wall. What about the guy, though, like that got knocked out last week or two weeks ago? It looked like it was like a – a movie knockout. You know what I'm talking about? The oh, guy. dude, that, that, you know, that Hawaiian kid got got knocked out by Caleb Harris, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that was just one of those shots is right on the button now. I think that could have happened in MMA. I think it happened in, in boxing, you know? That was just a well-placed shot. It wasn't anything over the top. He just put him right on his chin, and, ooh, it was dirty. I was, I was so mad because I was live on Instagram for that moment. So much that I replayed it two or three times that people videoed my phone and I never hit send, so I lost the whole video. Oh wow, that right. was crazy. That was yeah. nuts. Um, it was nuts. That was a beautiful knockout. Like wow, wow, wow. By the way, you were at the obviously you were at the play Malagnaji. What do you think of Bob Bob versus Malagnaji? Uh, I think it's Paulie trying to collect the paycheck. I think it's. I think it was tailor made for for Artem to win. I think you know I'm 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 in a position. I'm the champ. I'm four and zero. We're 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 at a place where I'm trying to say you got to feed me now. Like I've done everything I said, so I I I, I can say some things. I think they 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 wanted Artem to win. I think uh, Artem did win the fight. I don't think Paulie came to fight. I think their knuckles completely different than boxing. Um, I think Paulie collected his paycheck, got his 15 minutes of fame. Paulie's going to go retire and. and commentate boxing um but bringing up artem lobov i mean that's the big ticket right now in bare knuckle because of him and because of who he is and because of who conor mcgregor is obviously but because of who he is bare knuckle has kind of made him their face so everyone's kind of i want artem i want artem and here i am i'm 4-0 at 135 i'm their champ um the sport's you know new there's there's no number one contender for me right now so i gotta sit back and wait for them to find a number one contender for me to fight to defend the belt against. Well, it goes back to I'm 36, and quite frankly, I'm really good at this sport. I'm trying to keep going and keep, you know, while the while the while the iron's hot. And so I'm going to 45. That's that's the that's the next play. I'm trying to get Artem Lobov. Will Will Barenuckle give it to me? We'll wait and see. Um, there's some other guys out there that are starting to talk on on Instagram and, and Facebook and whatever else. So. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to know this week of what's next, that's for sure. Who are some of those guys that are talking on Instagram? Jason Knight wants uh, – Jason Knight and his people keep keep talking real big. They, they, they think they match up well against me. Um, but, you know, I, I, I spoke some facts back to them. I, I don't know why they're they're coming and barking in this yard. I, I, I'm, I've done more with this company than anyone. I'm 4-0. You're 0-1. That's what I told them. You're 0-1 in bare knuckle. You lost to Artem. You got sat on your butt four times. I haven't sat down one time in four fights. Yeah. Like, maybe you're the big ticket in Biloxi, Mississippi, because you're from the, 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 the you're from there, right? You guys all ride your dirt bikes together, whatever you do down there in the 
Mississippi, but it's like it's like okay, you can sell the place out, but you're gonna have to pay me. Like Jason, I don't scare me. Um, but he don't. I don't get the paycheck of fighting Jason Knight that I do Art of Mobile. So I yeah, feel like Mobile is your meal ticket for sure. Uh, now is that gonna be hard though, going up ten pounds? Uh, I mean, I fought a forty-five years, years years ago before the UFC, even before you know thirty-five and forty-five was even in the in the UFC. We're talking two thousand eight, two thousand seven. I was fighting at one forty-five. I'm a really big 135er. It's not that the, I can't make the weight. Um, right. I, but Lobov, especially, that dude's, I match up well against him. I'm 5'10 as a bantam weight. Like, I'll be longer than 90% of featherweights. And Lobov's got them little stumpy arms. Like, I just match up well against him. But Jason Knight's long. He's tough. It's going to be hard to put away if that's what they want me to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll see. I'm just trying to get paid and, 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 and keep this ball rolling. Now, your dad was your wrestling coach in high school. Uh, obviously, he's a big wrestler, but he knows wrestling. Was he upset about bare-knuckle boxing, or how does he feel about it? He loves it. Uh, he, he, If I decided to race lawnmowers, he would be in my in, in my corner. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. He's just a great dude. Um, obviously, he pushed me um, in the direction of combat sports. He had two boys. My brother and I are 22 months apart, and uh, our first tournament, I was five and he was three, and we had to wrestle each other because the bracket was five and under, and we were the lightest two days, you know what I mean? Like, we ended up winning the same damn bracket, and that was just my life growing up. Um, my parents, like I said, I've said it in a lot of interviews, they, they sacrificed everything so that I could have every opportunity to succeed in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I, I, I try to mention them and give them credit because I pissed a lot of those things away, you know, losing a scholarship and never really fulfilling my, my full potential in the sport of wrestling. They they did so much for me. And, um, now, what happened? Why did you lose a scholarship? Being a knucklehead. I had a fight too much, honestly. It sounds crazy. Like, like I, went to, I, I went from Cornfield, America, right? The middle of America, Toledo, outside of Toledo, Ohio, a little town called Woodville, Ohio. Population probably twelve hundred people, one stoplight, like crazy, to downtown Cleveland as an eighteen year old kid. And I was supposed to red shirt and all this and you kinda you know, I'm kinda finding myself as a person and I college life excited me. I uh, instead of, you know, hanging out with the guys that were fighting for starting spots, I was hanging out with the guys that were kind of on their way out of college wrestling, the ones that were drinking and fighting, you know, making bad decisions, right? And I kind of went that way. And I, and I, truth be told, I went, I went crazy with it. And I really liked fist fighting. And, 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 and me and my poor parents, they, they, they got that stupid phone call, like, Johnny's in jail again. Beat up someone at 2 o'clock in the morning because he said, fuck you, and that guy said, fuck you back. So they got in a fight. Like, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And... You know, I, I, I tell the story now. It's not something I'm proud of. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to say I'm not that person anymore. You know, I've got a kid that'll be 13 years old uh, next month in September. And I've had one run on with the law in that long at least. So, no, you've come I'm a long way, man. I was an ultimate fighter. And then you were, uh, and you were, you were also in Bellator. You, you fought in all kinds of, I mean, you really worked your way up. And now you're the bare knuckle boxing champion. I mean, you, 
brutal guy also. I mean, even your fights in the Ultimate Fighter, when you beat Louis Godnot, uh, that was a great fight. You know, Louis was a big karate guy, and you beat him in the east of the body. That was yep. awesome. Um, you fight with Ronnie Yaya. Obviously, that was, that was a headbutt. That was, that was a little strange. Um, but then, uh, do you, what do you think, um, like losing to Cody Gibson and Caraway and Yaya, uh, what do you think could have went different in the uh, UFC for you? Hmm, great question. Um, I would say mental maturity, but, uh, I think I was mature enough. I think I, I think I, uh, I allowed a lot of personal demons to get in the way of my ever reaching the top in this sport. I think I could have been great. I started out in the UFC 2-0. Um, got a little arrogant. Scheduled the fight. Eric Perez, someone I thought, okay, he's a Mexican Muay Thai champ. I can wrestle this guy if I need to and just smash him. Right? I'm going to go stand with him, blah, blah, Nine days out, they switched the fight to Brian Caraway. Brian Caraway is always in shape. Brian Caraway is always going to bring Brian Caraway is the exact opposite of Eric Perez. I didn't have to worry about anyone shooting a double leg on me. Now I'm fighting Brian Caraway and I didn't notice. I go out there flat out, don't perform, and he beats me. Brian Caraway beat me handily. Uh, next fight was Hani Yaya, and that fight, you just said it, was super weird. I heard him early. We chased him down. He's trying to take me down the entire fight. He falls over and jump on top, pound him out. He tackles me off of him. I'm celebrating like I win. Joe Silva comes in the cage and tells me, congratulations. We're in Abu Dhabi. I just think I doubled my paycheck. I'm trying to buy a house back here in Texas. Like, this life is good. I didn't know about the even the headbutt until the, the actual official decision. Oh. It said no contest. And I was like, what? What, what? what are you talking about? You guys bumped heads. I'm like, it's been nice to know that, but I'm looking like an asshole raising my hands, waiting for my hands to be raised. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm like? It's just crazy. And then, you know, and then some just bad luck. I'm supposed to schedule the fight Yaya in a rematch. I fight in my home state. I call him out that night. They switch my opponent again to Cody Gibson, an 0-1 UFC guy. I hurt him with a body shot. I jump for a stupid flying knee. I get hit one time. Bones on my back. He misses his punch on top of me. I grab both wrists. I'm in full guard. A Texas referee comes in and stops yeah, the fight. That was bull- yeah, that was a bullshit stoppage. I remember that. Like, horrible. I was turning on Twitter. Like, Dana White even said, like, what, like referees ruining good fights. Like, it was terrible. Yeah, and then I went, you know, and then I went to Brazil and just flat out had a bad weight cut. And Yaya's that guy. Like, if you fuck up on the ground with him, he's gonna beat you. You know, forcing stuff on my feet, not fighting a great fight, but to not deflect the question, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just kind of like, oh, I had a bad fight here. This bad luck. Like, I'm honest with who I am, and I'm honest with who I am today. I'm 36. Um, I made a lot of, you know, I got, I got too big for my. For my good, I got. I, I thought I was unbeatable for one thing, but the truth be told is, I went through a divorce and stuff that was 100% deserved. Like, I wasn't a good husband. I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was making mistakes. And when your personal life, your your home life is always a mess, your your, your professional life is always going to be a mess. So you were also and cheating. You're trying to, yeah, you're trying to hide a girlfriend while you're trying to get ready for a UFC fight. And she's up in your emails and shit while you're trying to train. That's all you, man. You, Again, I'm taking all fault here. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I, I've made mistakes, and I, I now in a position. It's not even I'm in a position now to talk to you, and it's that really what matters to me is I'm in a position that I've got a really talented group of young kids at my gym that they're going to be UFC superstars. Like they're amazing, and it's that 
lesson that I try to tell them. Like, look, dude, if your life is a fucking mess, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't perform. You can't perform. You're not, you're not able to. Like, and I let a messy life get in the way of the biggest opportunity in my life, you know? And now I have to, I, I, I follow that pill every day. You know, I'm, I'm not beating myself up over it. Um, but, but, well, I have regrets when I'm 70 for sure. You know, I, I could have done things differently and I could have seized that opportunity better because being a little more prepared, being a little more focused, being a little more, that's all that really fucking matters is this next table instead of worrying about all this other shit. It's a, it's a, it's a totally different Johnny Bedford. I mean, that's what my coaches today say. They don't know which one's going to show up. If I'm holding my hands, like I'm forcing things, I'm holding my breath, I'm trying to knock guys out one time. People call it arrogant and cocky. If you watch me fight, when I'm dropping my hands and moving my head and talking shit, I'm having fun. That's when I'm the best. No one's going to beat me. I'm breaking rhythms. I'm, I'm, I'm just setting traps and beating these guys. They, they can't hang with me. Um, it's an all-mental game. This game is 100% mental. I know before I'm going in that fucking cage or ring now, whatever it is, nine times out of ten, I know what's going to happen when I go I mean, in there. It's an honor to talk to you, man. I mean, you're a guy... You're so honest with yourself. You're so honest with everybody else. And I think that's why, you know, makes you great. makes you human as well. Um, so let me know. Do you, you, you want me to call out Lobov for you? Yes. Tell Artem Lobov to answer the away. phone. I'm the big gotta... fight in bare knuckle. Tell Artem Lobov to come get the big fight in bare knuckle. I'm 4-0. Yes, please do. Oh, 100%. You'll have a, you'll have a tweet later today. Johnny, where can people follow you? At Brutal Bedford on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Facebook's kind of dying out, but uh, Brutal Johnny Bedford, my fan page there. I think my friends list is all maxed out on that. But, yeah, at Brutal Bedford on everything. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to talk to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Take care. Well, thank you, Sadiq Youssef. Thank you, Johnny Bedford. And, listen, you're getting this podcast because you – Subscribe to me on Rockfin, okay? So make sure you tell everyone, go to rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter, endorse Adam. I'll keep it going with many podcasts and comedy videos and kamikaze comedy, everything I can do to help make it worth your while. Thank you for all the support. I really, really appreciate it. Take care. Have a great week.